Hey guys, welcome back to the Far Better Podcast. I am your host, Michael Clark, coming to you live, for me, at Polishing the Pulpit. We are here this week to promote the network, as well as record our joint podcast, and we have had a wonderful time so far of recording about eight of our podcasts total. We are recording the last four of the next couple of days. It's Monday here. You're not going to hear this episode in time to come and do anything, but I'm only telling you all of this because, as you might have just heard through the uh, the dull roar of the crowd, we do have children that are uh, enjoying the week of PTP. I'd like to encourage you, if you've not gone to PTP before, make it a priority to do so. They did just announce there's going to be a Polishing the Pulpit in Branson, uh, July 10th through the 15th of 2024, as well as the same Sevierville date, August 16th through the 22nd of 2024. Your congregation would be blessed if you made it a priority between this time and next time to make it. We're here today talking about my favorite sermons so far. And as I pull up the verse that we're going to be covering, I want to talk about the idea of fear. I want to point out that fear is an interesting subject. It's an interesting thing to consider. You know, what I'm doing right now is not so much public speaking But for many people, it's the number one fear that they have. They don't want to talk to anybody. They don't want to talk to a group of people. They just want to do their life and never say a word to anybody else. What makes you afraid? What kind of things scare you? Today, I want to consider Luke 8, 22 through 26. The Bible says, One day he got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, Let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they set out, and as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in danger. And they went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased, and there was a calm. He said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid, and they marveled, saying to one another, Who then is this that he commands even winds and water, and they obey him? Now, something to consider with what we're talking about today, our very first episode of the next three weeks. This sermon that is one of my favorites to preach is entitled, Jesus is in the Boat. It's entitled, Jesus is in the Boat. And we're talking about the idea of fear based on what happens to the disciples and based on what Jesus does in response to that. The first episode that we're going to be talking about today is, Where is Jesus? You know, he'd made a promise. He said, hey, let's cross over to the other side. And a lot of times we can look at promises like that and just kind of take them for granted. For example, if I say, hey, let's go to polishing the pulpit, you just kind of take for granted that you're going to get to go. You just hop in the car and you drive. It's still a risk when we drive anywhere and still a risk when we go anywhere. But for Jesus, he's talking about getting in a boat and crossing over. But Jesus isn't a liar. And so what did it mean when he said, let's cross over to the other side? It meant they would pass over to the other side. It meant that there's this promise that's a declarative statement found in this statements of Jesus. If we find that, you can take it to the bank. It will come to pass. And then there's this comfort that Jesus has in every situation because where is Jesus? Well, he's, he's in the boat. He went down and fell asleep as they sailed. And if we're fair, a storm arising, it can be incredibly difficult to be confident in your safety. Several years ago, we had a massive storm in our area, and our son, Adam, was very scared because the power went out, and he was screaming and crying, and all he wanted 
was mama or daddy to help him. That's a natural understanding. Uh, understand. It's something that's natural is what I'm trying to say here. Everybody has that moment of fear where they just want to be consoled. And so if we're being fair and we put ourselves in the shoes of the apostles, we know what it's like to be scared. We know what it's like to be dealing with anything. Much like I'm scared right now because Jonathan Burns and Caleb Rutherford are right behind me. What's up, guys? Huh? Just chilling. Hey. It's like an Avengers, like, Easter egg or something. All right, guys. We're back. Luke 8, 23. Um, <laughs> if, we were bo- if we're going to be fair, it's understanding... It's understandable that they would be afraid. I can't say the word understandable, Caleb. It's just not coming. But it's understandable that they were eating a brownie. (laughs) Anyways, when life is threatened, a natural response is fear and panic. And that's what they did. They're filling with water. They're in jeopardy. We're not talking about that, you know, a little storm of a light, you know, drizzle was hitting the boat. They are filling with water. That's not where water's supposed to be. And so they're... naturally afraid what scares you and we don't need to be misconstrued here this is a serious situation it's filling with water you you don't want that it's not going to work as well with water in the boat and if the fishermen are getting concerned then i need to be concerned but they've forgotten the key point in all of this they've forgotten the key point where is jesus he's still in the boat He's in the boat with the disciples. If you have locks on your doors or you have a security system, don't you feel better at night when you know that that's in use? When you lock all of the doors, even though there's still ways that people might be able to get in, it gives you a sense of security that you're going to make it through and you're going to be okay. Jesus was the best security system for the disciples. He was exactly what they needed. They could not just remember that in that moment. Or they just couldn't remember it, I should say, in that moment. And what a frustrating thing that they had everything they needed at their fingertips. All they needed to do was go down and say, Master, we know you can save us. Or even, to be fair, they could have just simply sat sat put and said, Master is in the boat. He's in the ship. And that's all we need to know. We're going to make it through because he said we would. And something I want you to think about for the remainder of our time that I feel is important for us to discuss. Where is your faith that God will carry you through? We're going to dive into that a little bit deeper next week, but I want you to really think about the idea of where is your trust in God? When you and I make a decision or when we decide to do anything in life, do we put God at the forefront of that decision? Do we make it known that God is tops? He is the one that will carry me through. He's the one that's going to see me through anything, any problem I have, any difficulty I face. God will carry me through. Do I believe that as much as I say? Do I really put my money where my mouth is? Because if I don't, then what am I doing? If I don't really believe that God's going to carry me through, why am I a Christian? These disciples, long before the New Testament church was made, long before anything else was put into existence that would help them, these disciples are struggling. And if we're being honest, we've all been there. We're all having to deal with difficulties every day. You might have a decision that you have to make, 
and you're worried about financials. You're worried about maybe your health and your stability and your job and all of that. But again, I need you to think about this as we set the stage for the next two weeks. Where is God in the equation? Do you let God rule in your life and let him be the individual that he is supposed to be? Or are you, like so many others, being something different, doing something different? I don't know what it is for you. I'm not sure. I hope it's nothing, you know, catastrophic. I hope it's just a simple thing and you're struggling with it because you have a natural fear of what might happen. What's, what's going to come next? Trust in God. Let God work in your life. Let God be the moving and driving force for every decision that you make. Because if He's not, then you're not building on the right foundation. And everything else is going to crumble. The foundation is so important. Build on it properly. Next week, we're going to talk about the disciples' response to Jesus being asleep, what they said specifically, and how they handled the fear that they experienced. <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'll, give, I'll give it to you, Justin. Here, come here. Justin, tell them who you are. My name is Justin Johnson. This is Justin Johnson. Hold on. Let me... All right, Justin. Since you're just going to hijack the podcast, That's right. we were closing it out anyway. But tell me what you think about Luke 8, 22 through 26. I think it's a very inspiring passage, <laughs> one of the best of the Bible. You can learn a lot from it, apply it in many ways. I'm, I'm very glad it's in the Bible. So, huh? Yeah, what is it talking about? You know, I think it's better to just read it for yourself. Yep. Okay. Well, guys, um, pray for me as we uh, continue to try to produce this podcast at Polishing the Pulpit. Maybe I have a bit off more than I can chew there. Uh, We'll see what happens, but I hope this episode has helped you kind of focus a little bit more on where's your faith, where's your priority, where's God in your equation? Because if he's not in it, then you're building on a shaky foundation. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Far Better Podcast, and don't forget, between now and next week, Let's make it our goal to please God now so our eternity is far better.